This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to Rockcast, the podcast that explores the intersection of technology, ministry, and community with Rock RMS. I'm Emily Foreman, and have here today John Edmiston and Nick Erdo to share with you about what's going on in the rock world. Nick, tell us a little bit about the latest version of Rock, what's coming, and when. Yeah, we uh, have been testing version 15.0, and it's been in beta for about two weeks, and that beta is wrapping up. So, we are going to be releasing 15.0 for early access in a matter of days, um, probably a few days after this goes live. And uh, that's pretty exciting because we've snuck in some Obsidian blocks in there. Again, we've replaced a block or two. And um, the old block is still s- sitting there, but um, the new block is very cool and has some new features. I don't want to I don't want to say it. Uh, otherwise, people will go looking around at it too closely. But, well, there's a lot of Obsidian blocks that are complete. So some of them are in the product. Some of them, I think, you've been holding back in for a future product. Is but we're trying to get as much as we can done, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah. So there's been a lot of work going on in Obsidian in a special branch that we're um, doing for next versions of rock maybe v16 v17 and um and along with that there's lots of like infrastructure changes that go into that thing and we're going to talk about that at rx but there's some cool big stuff that just recently got pretty much ironed out can i say what it was and sure. then you could talk it's the grid like the grid mm. is such a powerful uh tool um but john why don't you explain oh well um, well, I think it goes back to what we talked about the last RX is that when you're creating a next generation of a product, you have to start with the foundation. And so sometimes that's not the most exciting things. So, cause everybody would want to get started. Like, let's just start, let's rewrite this block or that block. Well, more than half our blocks are grids. Um, I think a grid in any application like rock is very important. The current grid has been invested in quite a bit. Um, and so in next gen, it's the same thing. So we've spent a lot of time, you know, thinking through, you know, what should a grid do in a modern, uh, web application, how it should it function? Um, especially now that we can unlock more capabilities on the client. Um, and so we've spent a ton of time. Uh, in fact, a lot of the performance improvements that you've seen in, in previous versions, we've been pr- preparing for the grid. And, um, I think even talked about RX, like just putting that, um, that, mindset that like we can do impossible things if we just mm-hmm. you know keep trying and, and, and <laughs> believing that the impossible is possible um and so you know that's that's kind of what we've done and and now it's it's for the most part there of course we're never going to be done um there's a few things we would like to add in the future but we're real excited about it and we are going to show some of the capabilities at rx so we won't talk about some of the specifics here but Trust me, you're gonna want to see that. It's 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 gonna make you smile when you can see what you can do with the grid. Um, and I do think, and maybe this is a little spoiler, 
we might start prioritizing. In fact, I don't think I've even told Nick. We might need to start prioritizing which blocks we work on because I think when people see the grid, they're going to say, I need the grid on this. I want the grid. You know, forget those detail blocks for a second. You know, I want those later, but um, Mm. make that a grid. Make that a grid. Even on the internal stuff, we might accelerate that. Okay. You Good. know, we still got we still got a little bit of work to do on the grid. We need to polish up some like code gen on it and some, but we're really excited about it. And I think I think you will be too. Um, so, so that's coming. Uh, also, you know what we're working on right now is the the content library. There's a lot of features for V15. I'm sorry, 16 now that we're working on. Uh, some of them we'll tell you about at the conference, which are super exciting. But the one I think we can talk about right now is content library because we've talked about it quite a bit. And I think it is a little bit of a change in vision about content for churches in that we believe that it's in the best interest of the big C church to get this content out to as many eyeballs as possible. Um, and so sharing that content is the easiest way to do that. So if a church has authored an article and it's on their website and say they get a thousand views um, over maybe a six month period, we believe that by sharing that content with, you know, possibly 600, 700 churches, you know, you can, you know, 10 X that easily, maybe even a hundred X that easily. Um, and then that's in the best you know, interest of the big C church and it gets that content reuse going. Um, and, you know, thinking about it, one might think, well, what is what is that type of content, that duplicate content on a, on you know perhaps a hundred sites? What does that do to your search algorithms, and we've um, or SEO algorithms, and we've uh, done a lot of research there, um, and Google has clearly said that duplicate content in of itself does not provide a penalty to your um, SEO. I mean, they're very much on record saying that. What they do say, though, is that it could impact SEO in terms of where the click gets um, or what URL is mm-hmm. is shown to the person. So they're, it's going to go through their algorithm and say, okay, well, I've got like five options here. Which op- option am I going to give this person? And so we're, if it was only on your site, there's only one choice. If it's on like 100 sites, well, now they have to like try to figure out like which one are they going to prioritize. And it may not be yours, Um but in my mind, or I think in all, a lot of our minds, it's, well, they're going to try to get it to the most appropriate person, which probably is going to be geolocation. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we think Big C Church, that's still a win. Like the SEO doesn't really get impacted. It's just perhaps your specific site's SEO might get impacted, but it might get impacted positively too. But again, if our, if our first goal is like, how do we get as many people on the planet to view this content you know, it's not a net negative there. What is the net positive though is in a sense, forget SEO, like that's cool. It's helpful, but really the power of the Christian community is the sharing Mm -hmm. of the people, the gospel message, the gospel um, um, job or, or the job was given to the people. So let's empower the people to share this content. And that's one thing I don't think, you know, as a church and I, I was at a church you know, as, a, as, as part of the communication team and the IT team leading those efforts up, I, I, I don't think we did a good job even there of saying, hey, this is for sharing. A lot of times we, we show content on a website and a depression article might be like, hey, here's a depression article. If you're depressed, like maybe 10% of the people are, 
but a hundred percent of the people know somebody who is and could share that content. And then not only share the content, but provide tools to follow up so that person can can go back and say, "Hey, I, I just want to check in. Did that, that article help you out at all?" Um, and train them how to share in appropriate ways. And um, I think we need to change the messaging on a lot of our sites to say this content. Don't think about yourself. Think about who it, who could you share this for? Because again, I think I've said it. We're all selfish enough to go, oh, wait, I need that article. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to forget about ourselves. I guarantee you, at least I won't. But we often forget about others because we kind of live in a, in the me mindset in our head as much as we don't want to. Um, And so we feel by putting those strategies in place, getting this content out to hundreds of churches, that it'll have a a dramatic impact on the, on the um, capabilities of this content, on the, on the impact of this content. And also recognizes that a lot of churches, they can't make that content themselves. They don't have mm-hmm. the, the um, um, you know, the teams to do that or the capability or capacity to necessarily do that. So, you know, why not share it? And this also goes beyond, like our vision for this goes beyond just articles and devotions. It's it's things like, okay, what, what are the best books to recommend to somebody? What are the best YouTube videos to recommend to somebody? Because content isn't always up to us to generate. Mm-hmm. It's it's really about curation. And how as a as a church can we help somebody find that content? Um, I hear a lot of people say, well, like the, the sermon is for like the new believer. And after that, after you become a new believer, then like it says in the Bible, you need to get off the milk and and, and feed yourself. And uh, hey, I I think that's great. But does that mean that we then have to send these people out to say, okay, go hunt, track the animal, hunt the animal, kill the animal, skin the animal, butcher the animal, cook the animal. I mean, it seems like a big step. Why don't we give my kitchen with some recipes? Like I I get it, we can't spoon feed, but we can at least bring content and curate it for them. Um, I think there's also a lot of danger about sending people out into the likes of YouTube to find spiritual content. There's a lot of great content on YouTube, um, but there's a lot of weird stuff too. And that could really get people off course. And if the church can help like curate that for them, I think that's a good thing. And so the content library is more than just articles. Like we mm-hmm. want to put, you know, other resources in there. And again, this is all every church will get to select what they bring into their instance. This is this is just a it's kind of like the the going to the Walmart and picking out what you want to put into your small store that then you'll sell. Um, or going into the warehouses and picking what you want on in your in your small store for your people, so you can totally have control over that. Um, but we're just trying to make it easier right now. It's it's a lot of work, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah, and if if that sharing of content is a concern, um, you know, if you think it's going to be concerned with your leadership, start preparing them now. Uh, start a conversation. Pass along some of the details we just talked about. Because it is more important to share and not really focus on your single church. Yeah, and I think a lot of times the concern is is more so in the middle. Is mm-hmm. you know there's you know there's people in the middle who have SEO knowledge and and again if you're if you're working at a secular business, absolutely SEO is a totally different mindset. Like the 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 criteria, the rubric you would use in terms of deciding how and when and how much SEO is totally different because you're, tr- you're actively trying not to get them to go to the person next to you or, or your com- competition. And the church is radically different. Yes. Um, first of all, it's, it's not 
the job of the organization necessarily to be the hero of the story. It's the hero of the story is the are the people. The, the church is not supposed to be the hero of the story. It's supposed to be the um, empowering, guiding, encouraging voice of the people, not the hero of the story. And I think a lot of times we, as you know, quote experts in the in the world of of SEO or marketing or whatever we come from the maybe from the corporate world i came from the corporate world and, and we bring these best practices and, and they're good like don't, that that's good knowledge but don't clone your knowledge from the corporate world let it inform yeah. but still use your brain and say okay well this is a vastly different like they, it can be more different industry vertical in, in the world and you've got to like use that experience in a unique way um because the hero of the story is not the church. It's not the church organization. It's the church of the people, the, mm -hmm. the church being the people. Um, and I think sometimes I'm, I mean, I've been guilty of it too. Like we almost like rob the, the job of the people. It's like, well, I can go, you know, pay for online ads and I, I can do this. And it's kind of cool because it even works while we're asleep, but that's not the job. The job is to build up and encourage the people and if, and if we do that the impacts would be far superior i believe if apple and target had the rabid fans hmm. of the church they would do things really differently i'm not even sure they'd be doing seo i think they'd be going like we got these rabid fans who will literally light, light this world on fire if we only give them a torch give them the torch um because you you might argue well the apple has a pretty you know uh, enthusiastic fan base it's nothing like someone who's just been baptized, not even close. Um, you give that person a torch, they're going to light the world on fire for good. Um, so I think it's about bringing that out, encouraging that. So content library is a, a cool technology piece, but it's more so a, a vision and a, and a strategy. And I think it's going to take time to communicate that. And to um, it's like a lot of the features in Rocket. Sometimes the, the technology is the easy part. Mm -hmm. It's the strategy, the planning, the process. That's mm -hmm. the hard part. Um, but the more we keep talking about it, I think the more it'll make sense. Um, this is actually one of the features we've wanted since almost like 1.0 days, but it's like we weren't ready for it. Like if we first have to do the basics, like we got to get our arithmetic very well complete. And now that we have you know, a lot of that, we'll keep working on our arithmetic, but we want to move to more advanced things. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you're not seeing in other platforms that are intended to be databases. That's one of the differentiators that we have here is we are community-based. We are definitely ministry-focused. And whenever we can start combining that in new ways to empower the people of the church around the world, that's what we want to be here for. That's the stuff that uh, we're passionate about, and that's what keeps us going. Yeah, because I, I really do think church management is digital publishing in, in this space. Like, yeah, you have to track groups and check in and all the giving and all got it like we get that like we're, and we'll keep innovating in those spaces but i think if you were to only stay in those spaces you're missing out on on perhaps the biggest um impact that we can have today which is using technology to amplify the message of the church and if you look at the beginning of the church and the way the gospel spread it was all what we might call today grassroots right it was all people who were their lives were transformed and they could not help but share it with the people around them despite incredible odds and obstacles. Um, and people are still the same. That's still possible. 
Um, but in all the noise and all the clutter, are we giving the right tools to the people to be able to continue sharing the gospel in that wildfire kind of way? Yeah, and making it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, it is that time of year where our podcasts are going to start having things like, oh, well, we can't say that because at the conference, or, oh, you, you really should come to the conference where we'll elaborate on that a little more. Um, and we are very excited about this annual event, this one time a year when our whole community can come together and share what uh, they've been building in Rock to empower their ministries and, and see what's going on with some surprises that we kind of keep under wraps so we can unveil them and and the exciting vision of where we're going. So that conference is coming up around the corner. It's hard this year because it's earlier than normal, and we keep uh, having to look at the countdown clock and going, oh, right, it's coming. Yeah, that's a nervous <laughs> clock. I, <laughs> I kind of wish I hadn't put that on my little <laughs> LED board in my in yeah. my office because it makes me freak out about like twice a day the one thing i would put out about that is like i know lots of you are excited about the conference i would say you have a role that maybe you haven't been told you have and that's you're the chief inviters so don't assume that the people that you want to be there or the people you interact with are coming ask we really need you guys to go out there and, and ask because i think there's a lot of people on the fence they're like yeah i don't know like yeah, travel, you know, it might be a little a little on the warm side. I don't know. So I would say pick 10 people that you would you work with in the community or maybe even on your church and, and just make sure the church ones are a little easier, but the, vir- the virtual ones, just ask them, hey, are you going to the RX? And every action in, inside the community, if you're helping somebody, maybe you don't even know them, just say, hey, are you coming to RX? I'd love to meet up with you at RX. Um, and if they seem like on the fence, like, you know, help encourage them um, across uh, the line. Uh, we really want this to be um, the biggest conference ever. I think we're probably on that track, but we really want it to be even bigger than, mm-hmm. than we want it to be as big as possible because we know when we bring people into the community and they, they meet together, it just grows the community. It just richens the community. And um, we just really want that to happen. Um, I think if we could add an extra, say, 50 or 100 to the conference, it's it's not that much more extra work on us. Right. Like, we have to do this work anyways, so let's maximize yep. the capabilities of how many people can reach it. So be out there, ask people if they're coming, you know, if there's certain things holding someone back, try to, like, talk through those Um Yeah, maybe maybe they're like, well, I can't afford the, the hotel. Maybe you could share a room. If you're coming along. Yeah. Great idea. That's a really good idea. But yeah, don't let finances be the thing that prevents you from asking them because God always makes a way. Yep. And one point I want to make is the conference is not all about the content. I mean, the content's incredible. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just about the content. So, um, you know, thinking I'll just get the content subscription later is not... a couple things on that. You're going to miss out on one the only time to really be a part of the community in action live, right? And uh, the connections that you make there really empower that rock experience going forward. Um, so the in-person part is just a, an essential element of the conference. And if you haven't been, it's hard to even describe what that's like. It's just something you need to, to be a part of. Um, the other thing is, and I know this because I can raise my hand and say it, it's me too. Um, but we don't watch everything on the content subscription. We have the best of intentions, but it's really hard to carve out that much time at the conference. You have your time carved out for you. 
um, later, you have to fit it in and around all of the other things. And it's great to have that reference and you can't be in multiple rooms at the same time, right? Um, but it really sets you forward to be able to be a part of the conference itself. It's not just the content, it's the connection. And I think it's the best investment in money and mm-hmm. time you could make. I mean, just even, again, like you said, forget the content that comes from like the core Spark team, just the the, the networking opportunities Absolutely. alone. Like you could not even go to one session and just network the whole time. And it's the best investment on the planet for you. Um, add in the other things and it's like, it's unreal what the, the impact will be. Plus I think I, most people, I'd say almost everybody leaves more encouraged in, in what mm-hmm. they're doing because of the connections that they get from the community and the support and the, and the, just the care that you get from, from people around uh, the event. And you said enriched, like you'll be enriched. You'll have so many ideas uh, and relationships Mm -hmm. to to fall back on and, you know, follow up with after the conference to ask that follow up question to that person because you know them now. Yeah, it's there's no it's hard to describe, but it's it's the best thing all year. It really is. There's so much sharing. You can start eliminating some duplication of effort. Other churches are going to be working on the same things you are. They're going to have different inflections and things to consider. And it's just a really empowering experience. Speaking of the conference, this is about the time we have to pick our rock stars Mm because we like to celebrate them at the conference. So we have just finished that. So I think I'm really happy with the rock star community in the last year. I think there's a lot of people who have like really motivated themselves to, to, to step up. And, and I think we have the largest, oh, I know we have the largest rock star uh, community ever. You'll find out at the conference how much larger. Um, so we're really excited about that. But I would say too, it's like, now's a good point. You might say, oh, I just missed it. No, you didn't like, start now. It's never too early to start. It's really not a, a, a it's really not that hard to be a rock star, honestly. Like some of them are, are work incredibly hard, but if you just put in a little bit of effort, you know, every month, every week, you can mm-hmm. easily be a rock star, and that unlocks a lot of other, you know, neat, you know, perks. You get to hear about things ahead of time. They have special meetings every quarter. There's leadership, um, you know, sessions that we give. Um, there's a special time right before the conference that we talk with the rock stars. They have more access because they are the leaders of the community. Mm-hmm. And so I'd really encourage people, um, you know, to think about that. And it's a kind of a neat little goal to achieve. And it's a cool, you know, they have their own um, channel mm-hmm. in chat, which is kind of cool too. So this doesn't, it's a, it's like a community within a community. So I'd really encourage people to think about that. It's a really achievable goal. Um, but again, some of our rock stars, they go way above and beyond. Um, but to cross the, the the line into that is is a very achievable goal. So think about that for next year. I know every year I have a conversation with one or two new rock stars that say, I can't believe I got into the rock star group. I'm so excited. And it isn't that they haven't been doing incredible things in the community. They just had this idea in their heads that, uh, as you mentioned, John, achievability, they didn't see themselves as in that league or whatever it was, however they defined it to themselves. And so they just kept showing up and engaging in the community and helping people because they were driven to help. And they found themselves members of the next Rockstar group. And And every year I hear from people that say, I'm so excited. You know, I, I didn't realize it was something that I could do. And and not, and so I'm saying you can. <laughs> and there's lots of ways to do it. You can go to the community site and it tells you all the different mm-hmm. ways to get involved. But as we are going through the process of 
you know, it's it's a very objective process, but as we go through the process of determining who's making it to rock stardom, I was noticing this year that, oh, these are some people here that typically never would have been considered because in the past, it, one of the biggest things was chat points, mm-hmm. which is like a great way to become a rock star. But we've given more opportunities and more different options to recognize input that people put into the community. And so I was noticing, oh, this person really doesn't have... I don't think any chat points this year, but what they do have is they've talked with a lot of churches who are interested in rock and that's a significant investment. And that's a very helpful thing to the community. So it was really kind of cool to see that there's like a diversity of different talents and ways mm-hmm. to become recognized through as a rock star. And so I was pretty happy with the changes that we've made um, to be able to recognize people who are, um, uh, helping the community in a way that maybe in the past uh, was a little bit hard to see. I'd like to highlight one of those opportunities. Um, it is roadshow season right now, and Spark Development Network, the nonprofit, does not have sales teams or support teams. So a lot of people have been involved historically in chat, which is the community-driven support that is you know, above and beyond any other support that's available from a product standpoint in uh, in the church world. But on the sales side, one of the things that people do is, yes, have those individual conversations with churches, and that's critical, and we have a lot of wonderful people helping out with that. But we also have roadshows, and we had to kind of discontinue those for a bit during COVID, but they are back, and we are definitely looking for more roadshow leaders um, I just want to dig, dig into a little bit about what that commitment might look like. It's really not incredibly hard, um, and it involves you networking with other local churches in your area that aren't on rock, which is probably something that you already have those connections established. Um, you just would be working with our team to set a date and a time and a location for a roadshow. And that roadshow is kind of a sales or a, like, here's what rock is. Here's how it works. Let us answer your questions. We provide the presentation and the speaker notes. So it's nothing that uh, anyone has to come up with on their own. And then um, uh, the person who's the host would host it at their church. And a lot of times we see multiple churches in a region kind of coming together for one location and supporting each other, being a part of it. They'll have a presentation and then do a Q&A afterward. And it's a great opportunity for churches to understand whether or not rock might be a good solution for them. And that kind of kickstarts some interest that eventually grows the community. So it's a critical thing. Um, it is definitely something that counts toward rock stardom. Mm-hmm. We um, uh, heavily appreciate and provide waiting appropriately for people who can lead uh, roadshows. So if that's something you think you could do, again, you don't have to come up with any content. You just have to be available and be someone who has, you know, who uh, appreciates rock. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I I, I have such good memories of when I did that. Um, It gives you a great reason to reach out and then invite Mm -hmm. other churches in your area to come talk with you and ask you anything. Yes, it is. It's fun. And it's... um, really most successful when you're inviting the people that your ministry has connections with in the local area. That's just the best uh, way to do that. It's been a really successful thing in the past, and we're, we're very excited. We just had our first one of the season yesterday. We have another couple that are uh, uh, booking their times and dates and some other uh, organizations that we're talking with about hosting, but we still need more. So go ahead and reach out to us and let us know if you're interested in learning more about how to host a roadshow. 
the other a quick update I have is we are filling up uh, seats for our masterclass that's connected to the conference. So every year we try to host a masterclass right before or right after our conference event. So if you're already in town, you can extend your stay a little bit, but not have additional um, flight costs. And so during that time, we open up a masterclass and someone can stay over, take the weekend off, go explore a little bit, find out uh, why Arizona is a kind of cool place and then um, be a part of the next event. So that masterclass for this summer in July only has six seats left. It's a really popular time to come. Great um, communities are built there that you then take into the next event at the conference as well. So that's something you're thinking of. Don't delay. Uh, Grab your seat quickly because they are going. And when they're gone, they're gone. Well, we have had a lot to share today, and um, a lot of it's been conference-focused. So you know what we're thinking about, what we're doing, what we're working toward, and we really hope to see you there. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and help share the content that we're providing as we continue to talk with churches about technology, ministry, and community. This episode of RockCast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.